Hello everyone and welcome to Chapter Tactics. This is your Warmer 40k podcast that focuses on playing Warhammer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Mr. PD Pob, and today we've got a fun episode planned, emphasis on the fun, as we're going to talk about the good old days back when Warmer 40k tournaments were happening. But I can't do that alone because I am now old, 30 years old, and I have a hard time remembering how fun tournaments were so i brought on mr val heffelfinger hey nothing says fun like planning to have fun <laughs> and of course new co-hosts or new guests on the podcast yeah. danny and john from mob rules if you uh fail to plan you plan to fail <laughs> for fun thank you sensei john <laughs> You're also, not going to get a fancy. You're not going to get a fancy line from me, but you will hear me laugh in the background quite a bit during this episode. So just be prepared I, for that. I just want to say that this is the head-to-head showdown for the best hybrid 40k podcast. <laughs> oh, geez, the stakes are so high. And let me tell you a little bit about this episode. So, uh, th- basically, this idea came to me um, when I was talking to someone online on Discord about uh, 40k tournaments and. I realized it was very difficult to explain how much fun you could have at a 40k tournament without typing like a 3000 word essay. So I just told him, I'll just make a podcast about it. And then that's my response to him. So if you think this podcast is a little weird and probably does all belongs in a really long discord rant, that's because it literally is. So that's what this episode is all about. We're going to talk about 40k tournaments. I know there are a lot of people out there who miss the good old days of 40k tournaments. Obviously, it's been a year now since we've, well, a lot for a lot of us anyways, it's been like a year or more than a year since we've graced the halls of a shitty hotel, you know, sat down in a back alley Wendy's and ordered bad food while we talked about how we went 0-6. Um <clears throat> But also, this podcast is intended for people who are looking to get into 40k tournaments back when everything clears up. Uh, And so if you're in either of those camps, if you want to reminisce about the good old days, or if you're curious about what a 40k tournament is like and you want to know a little bit about the camaraderie and fun that it brings, this is absolutely the episode for you. But I will warn you now, it is a super serious topic, okay? There are rules. You need to follow them. And if you don't... Yeah, exactly. It's a whole contract. I will kick you out of the ITC, personally. That's not the international tournament circuit, okay? I don't actually have those powers. I'm talking about the ITC. A-Y-E-T-C, I-I-T-C. That's the pirate tournament circuit that that I am starting now. And it emphasizes fun and revelry and sea shanties. Let's go back here, though. I I heard something about a a back alley Wendy's uh, for like a black market Baconator or something like that. Is is everything okay down there and where you are? Did they ban Wendy's? That's the only Wendy's option they have in Vegas. It's just a standard Nevada Wendy's. I think think the back alley Wendy's is a staple of every tournament venue I've ever been to. Oh, man. See, right up here, because Danny and I are up here in the sticks in Alaska, uh, we have like buying uh asian cuisine um and diners and everything within range of our, our gaming store also just like red robin oh yeah yeah <laughs> i thought back alley wendy's was just something that the kids you know were calling it nowadays <laughs> uh, that, that there was there was a different name for that in high school yes uh for sure okay. but um i want to yeah. know the story of the ice road trekker that gets the red robin uh food items uh, to alaska every every spring 
That's that's every that's spring. Good. All the beef is <laughs> is what a year old. <laughs> it's the Alaska saying is frozen, never fresh. That's right. Yeah. Sever the crab. All right. Before we get into that, of course, we have some uh, early announcements. First off, if you're listening to this and you're a patron, thank you for subscribing. You can always support the podcast by heading over to patreon.com slash chapter tactics. But also, if you're listening to this and you're a patron, you realize that there was not a live recording of the podcast on the Facebook group. And that is because I had some technical difficulties with my grand brand new PC. Um, very specific stuff going on, so I can't quite get OBS ready to go for live streaming. But... We will get back into that as soon as we can. Also, if you want to consider supporting FrontlineGaming.org, they sponsor every episode, including this one. They also sponsor the Frontline Gaming Network, your one-stop shop for all 40K media content. Maybe not all 40K media content, but a lot of a lot of competitive 40K media content. All the good stuff. Uh, enough of the good stuff. Also, all we, of it. <laughs> we opened a new FLG community group. So check that out on Facebook. It's by far the best way to get a hold of uh, Reese, myself, our new uh, events coordinator, Kicker. Um, it's it's if you have like LVO questions, SoCal Open questions, questions about uh, FLG, ITC stuff, FLG tournaments, that's absolutely the group to go to. Right now we're voting on what the size of teams should be for our Las Vegas team tournament. So we're looking at making this a marquee team over tournament over here in Vegas. Uh, and right now those pesky fivers are winning. Thank goodness. And so if you don't want the Las Vegas team tournament to be five person teams, if you want it to be six person teams, where is this group? Like, I, how don't, how don't I know about this group? You, you type in FLG community group on Facebook and you know what Val, I'll just invite you to the group right now, live on the air. We're inviting Val Heffelfinger to the Facebook group. This is the only thing you guys have named FLG, for the record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a can terrible I just, name. Can I say as well, who has more than four friends? Which demographic are you targeting here for the 40K team event? <laughs> it's actually called Frontline Gaming Community, not FLG oh, Community. You're right. It's the, just, it's the FGC. Yes. Yeah. Reese just FGC. typed it incorrectly in the chat. It is the Frontline Gaming Community public group. Bam. Uh, and I'm in. I hacked, oh, the, I hacked the weeb. I've, okay, I've cool. uh, beat me surfed to it. over into it. Perfect. All right. Uh, so, like I said, uh, it's absolutely the best place to go to contact us. I, I know overall, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people go to the Frontline Gaming events, and we get bombarded with questions all the time. That group is the place to ask them for sure. Also, if you go in there and you drop a little ITC, that's II. A-Y-E-T-C. Uh, I might give something special to someone in there who references the ITC and this episode of Chapter Tactics. So if you go in there and drop something, you can tag me. You don't have to tag me if you don't want to. Um, just let maybe let Reese know that he's out of the ITC unless he has fun. Uh, whatever. Get funky with it. Because that's what a, this episode is all about. I have a quick question for our guests. What, what does ITC stand for? Like... Are we talking about official ITC? Just literally, it's not just... KFC. It doesn't actually mean nothing. It doesn't. It's not that it, it has a meaning. There is a three-word definition for ITC. This what is, is the official ITC with okay. the letter I. I believe it would be, and I'm going to be wrong here and really like raise my stakes. It would be the International Tournament Circuit. I think it's independent. Or independent, independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It oh, was independent. These sneaky gets, they changed it recently. And by what? that I mean in like like two years ago, like two years ago, it's it is the, the international tournament circuit. Yes. Yo, John. 
Yeah, it was the independent tournament circuit. So you were both correct. So you're not independent anymore. Is what we're saying. International. We're international. I would say that dependent. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that being international is its own independence. But you know, codependent on Poland and its weird meta. (laughs) You know, I wish I could say you're wrong. I'm into. I'm into starting the CTC. <laughs> the codependent tournament circuit. <laughs> yeah, I meant that. Is that just I think mean, that for matches doubles? our description quite accurately. All right, back to the main topic. <laughs> right. So stop having, having fun. That's fun. Ha- having fun at forty k tournaments. Uh, yeah. It is not taboo. Forty k tournaments are not full of sweaty whack. When it all costs, I know that's redundant, but I just want to emphasize. It is not full of people who are looking to beat your face in and crush your hopes and dreams. Uh, 40k tournaments are, in general, very, very fun, very wholesome experiences, um, at least in my experience. <laughs> About the three of you, but I personally have not had a bad tournament experience um, oh. yet. Ugh, I know, right? Knock uh, on wood. Yeah, Actually, even, no, that's not true. Even Old Mally? No, yep, yep, Old Mally. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We're, we're definitely going to talk about our, our stories, and that's going to be one of them. Um, but, you know, I think it's really important when you go to a 40K tournament uh, that you go with the mindset of, this can be fun. I, I want to do fun things, uh, and and even though I, I want to win, or I might want to, you know, make the top eight, or uh, get number one in my faction, uh, it, it, you should always lead with a foundation of fun going to a warmer 40k tournament event you are playing with plastic soldiers in the end uh and these toy soldiers uh is not we're not playing for millions of dollars uh there really isn't anything that needs to be too serious about it uh so i would i would remind i would remind everyone that up until very recently the first rule of warhammer was to have fun absolutely uh and even some of the most competitive people Even some of those competitive people I know would absolutely let their hair down uh, and let loose. Uh, but the late, great Jeff Robinson, um, he would go to 40K tournaments and he would be stone cold, the most serious professional player I've ever met. Like, it was just, it's just sobering to watch him play a 40K tournament. But the minute he lost or um, realized table he flip. wasn't in the running, the, table flip. He'd yeah, go just, he just to laughed, a bar, he'd, yeah. he'd drink enough Long Island iced teas to kill an Irishman. Oh. Uh, and then the very next day, have a great time and have a lot of fun. Um, so just keep that in mind. It's, it's, it is about ultimately having fun and that should always be on the table. When you Even said table flip, I thought we put miniatures on the table. Yeah. That too. I thought, I thought you were saying that he flipped the table as soon as he lost. And I was going to be like, dude, that's, that's not good. No, he was was a gentleman. Also, (laughs) as far as like representations of people who've had, who seem to be having a really good time at a tournament. And I know on this show and in other places, he explained how he had fun and that he really loved competing hard. But the guy did not look like he was having a ton no, of fun. No, he didn't. But but he absolutely <laughs> would. If, I if know, he, I the know minute he, he lost, I know. It's just, it's so funny because every time I think of like a stone cold, no fun, like super competitive person, I immediately think of Jeff. And it, which was very true, but he even he would let his hair down and have a great time at tournaments. And I went to, Plenty of tournaments with him, and he always had fun if he wasn't in the running, or if, if you so, know, <laughs> not not all of us are as blessed with with the hair of Troy Palomalu as 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 Pablo is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I would say that uh, you know having fun at tournaments. I mean, like what what why else are you going there? Like exactly. I mean, you know, this seems seems to be a pretty. Uh, so I mean, like to to have fun at tournaments. I mean, yeah, you should have fun, but to have fun, it, it takes like it starts with you, right? And you have to have sort of realistic expectations about what you're going to have out of it. 
So like for for example, me showing up at LVO at like 2020 with a list rocking seven demon engines, I should not be going in <laughs> with an expectation that I'm going to be making top 60% or something like that, right? So m where does my joy come from from that? How am I going to have fun? Because if I measure my so, fun uh, solely on I'm going to win this thousand ooh, person event coming out of obscurity, right then I'm going to have a miserable time after round one. I think I think there's also like different kinds of, of ways to have fun. Like there's there's a lot to be said about being the meme list and having a blast that way. Um, like I myself have recently gotten really, well, recently, <laughs> more than a year ago, got into bringing really large models to tournaments because I found it a lot easier, and it was hilarious to push a town R around and almost win stuff sometimes. Um, so, like, there's the, there's that effort. And there's also, like, uh, legitimately, there's the try-hard aspect, too, which is also fun. Like, the great thing about a tournament is that you're there with like-minded individuals who are there to try at least a little bit to win the game. Doesn't mean that you have to be miserable about it, but, like, trying hard to play the best game that you can is actually... Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and I would say, even if you are taking it seriously, that is a form of fun. Um, what do you sure. guys think? Well, like, okay, so I kind of like, I kind of feel like you have to ask yourself why you're there. And so that, that fulfills a lot of the categories that you've talked about. You've talked about, we've talked about shooting for the whole event. We've talked about going there to play a, you know, a meme list to like the best of your ability. Like I want to play this list the best I can you know, whatever my results are, maybe I have like, I want to go three and two or something like that at this big event. Um, you might just go to play a bunch of games in one day or in a couple yep. of days. Uh, you might go play to meet a bunch of new people. Right. Um, and uh, you mm. like, there's even people that just go for, for the hobby aspect of it. Cause they want to be, you know, uh, they, they want to be, they want to get like best painted. Peacock around or, a little bit, straight your stuff, you know? Yeah, Totally. Um, and I want to go, go for Renaissance Man, you know, something like that. Like those are. All I want to go to meet the best people who like the same things I do. Yeah, that I can talk about because I have met a lot of people at tournaments that I wouldn't normally meet in my normal life. Um, so, and I've been able to form friendships and kind of share enjoyment with them based on 40k. And a lot of these big out-of-state events that we go to, like I go to now specifically because certain people are going to be there, uh, and it's a way for me to kind of catch up with friends. Yeah, say, say what you will about the runner-up uh, best hybrid podcast uh, known as the Long War, uh, but they've they've all, they've always espoused a certain saying there that uh, that I really liked, which is you have a lot more in common with like anyone who likes Warhammer than most other people, because even no matter how you're how you're into this, whether you're like super into the game or or painting or whatever, there just aren't very many people like us. So when you go to these tournaments, there's just a lot of people who have a similar mindset as you, whether or not you're a tryhard at actually playing the game. So it's a really great place to mix and mingle, meet some people, you know? It's like Christian mingle, but for Warhammer. For example, as a Canadian, it's the That's only place where I can go. website. <laughs> it's the only place I can go to actually consistently see people from Alaska which are Americans that I can make fun of, like Americans make fun of Canadians. It's like excuse an you, sir. Thing. Excuse you. Thing. Some of us are permanent residents of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no excuse. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was unaware. You was you unaware. can make fun of my face, my crappy podcast, <laughs> my terrible winning record, uh, my four-digit ITC placement, but do not <laughs> espouse where I'm from. <laughs> My mistakes. My mistake. I, 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 I don't retract anything I said. I'm going to stand. That's by fair. It. That's very fair. This is an American podcast. <laughs> All right. So I, so I think that wraps there. it up. Really. 
Oh yeah, it's, it's their turn. So I actually blipped out there. Uh, my internet crapped out, and these three lovely gents carried me all the way uh, to victory. So we're done. That's it. GG. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> next um, time we record, Danny, I'm just going to be like, oh, it blipped out. So I guess we're done recording next time. <laughs> I, would, I would also say on the topic of tournaments, there's also like not every tournament is the same type of tournament. There's a, a good wide array of Warhammer events out there to choose from. Um, and I think each one sort of fits a different purpose. Like um, there's something like the, uh, the very famous Adepticon team tournament, which is not something I'm particularly into, but that's essentially team doubles and you, everyone, you know, dresses like a pirate or whatever their team theme is. Um, I was going to say, know, yeah, team doubles with like a heavy hobby aspect. Yeah. Like massive, heavy... massive hobby. Like these guys, like people who go to that thing, like they work literally starting the day after they leave on whatever their next year's thing is. Right. It's a very spectacular hobby pageant almost. And there are events that have that sort of a flavor where it's not, um, you know, where it's more uh, about like, yeah, I don't know, your army composition, how it looks. Uh, you got like uh, the boys GT in uh, in upstate New York. There are lots of different things. Uh, up here in Canada, there used to be Astronomicon, which I don't think exists anymore. <laughs> um, but there's, uh, there's there's lots of different formats out there to try too. I think I think if, you know, you're worried about, and I, again, I don't think we should emphasize so much like uh, being afraid of the competitive aspect because uh, because I don't know playing Warhammer is awesome, um, and uh, <laughs> uh, I think there are lots of different flavors. Team tournaments that aren't uh, like Adepticon, where you actually put a group of, of guys together, very appropriate to discuss because because uh, uh, Frontline Gaming is getting a team tournament together. But there's also well-established ones out there. The uh, the the ATC. Uh, you've got uh, up here in Canada, we got the Canhammer team tournament. Uh, I do believe there's one in New York City, the Battle for Salvation Teams tournament just outside of New York. So there's lots of great formats out there for you to try. Team tournament, I'd say if you're getting into tournaments, taking four of your buddies to like do your best together is one of the best way to do it. Yeah. And generally, if you're going to one of those larger tournaments, um, I wouldn't say fun is guaranteed, uh, but there are more things to do, right? So if you go to like the LVO, Nova, Depticon, oh, yeah. even if you don't, you don't go to play 40K, there's... The, the whole place is designed for you to have fun and uh, enjoy the locale and the venue and hang out with your buds. Um, where I think it can be a little more difficult is in the tournaments that are the, the local GTs, uh, where it's only like maybe like 30 minutes or an hour drive away. Uh, and all you have is, you know, your buds, the small venue you're playing at. Usually it's like a game store uh, and then the local chilies, right? Um, that I can see being a challenge for to have fun at, um, but now, the most important, <laughs> the most important challenge role, to have fun at. You were yeah. hanging out with your pals Ex for two days. Exactly. The, <laughs> that's what I was chilies. going to say. I mean, the, I didn't even think about the chilies <laughs> aspect. I was going to say like, for me, like the greatest part and the thing I miss the most about RTTs and local tournaments isn't necessarily the sweet one, two tournament day I have. It's the, the meal we had afterwards. Like, you, Oh, there'd be like 10 to 12 of us. And we go to a restaurant um, and just kind of sit and just talk about the day and BS about everything. And that was like the greatest part of it. Well, you, you all took the words right out of my mouth. That's where I was leading. Uh, yes, it's, it is, it's important when you go to a tournament, it's important to have plans like that. That way, no matter what, no matter how bad your game went, no matter who you got into arguments with or how bad your dice were at the end of the tournament, uh, at the end of the day, you can go and unwind with buds. Um, or if you don't have any friends and you went solo, which I know 
there actually are a surprising number of people who do that. Um, you can go at the tournament with the intent to hang out with people. I know there have been plenty of times where I've grabbed like an extra person or two and like, hey, like, are you alone? Why don't you come to to Applebee's with us afterwards? We're all, you know, we're meeting up. the The names under Martinez. Pablo and Pablo slides the van door open. <laughs> <laughs> There's free chilies in, in here. With the rhino. <laughs> Rubio's with the rhino is, is what was what I call it. I got to say, like, it's on us as kind of more experienced players and more experienced tournament goers to bring new people in. So yes. if you do see that person by themselves, make it inviting, make it somewhere. I mean, do you want to play the same seven people or eight people every time? Like, no. So you, it's, it's on us to kind of grow and build the community. And we're going to have fun as tournaments by pulling people in and being that welcoming environment, not just being like, oh, you're new here. Great. Well, here's my, you know, plasma scepters. Oh, fresh meat. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for the hundred points. Yeah. And I've I've never seen anyone not enjoy the after tournament dinner. I I I thinking back at all the the hundreds of ap, after tournament not if it's dinners. Chilies. Yeah, definitely not chilies. But um, y- you know, I I was I'd never imagined like one. No one ever just sat in the corner of the table like with their arms crossed, just huffing because they were having a bad time. Uh, generally, you know, you all go, you have a good time, and uh, you're just out of the house enjoying yourselves. Uh, but that that definitely that plan is is the way to go for your your average GT or so, RTT. I mean, it, the other thing to think about with a tournament is like, I'm sure a lot of people listen. It's like, oh, I don't have a friend to go with. I'm going to go alone. And then I'm not going to like, who am I going to go to dinner with? Am I just going to go to the Chili's and see if it works out? Like, I mean, that's a pretty desperate play, even if you're not at a tournament. So uh, I would say, uh, consider the fact that you have five games uh, to uh, get to know somebody who also likes to play Warhammer and uh, that you will probably get along with as you are playing. And uh, I've actually made some tremendous friends, uh, and if I trace it all the way back, it's because we played each other in a tournament, and I continue to be friends with them. Uh, wouldn't have been had I not had I not gone to that tournament. And just so I'm I'm clear and on the record here, I much prefer the parking lot Outback to the parking lot Chili's, and that's Ooh. that's that's where I that's that's my favorite tournament. Uh, Outback has Ray. Outback has some nice parking lots. Uh, Danny you looked like you were going to say something. Hmm? Oh. I was just gonna say, yeah, to, like check in with them as the course of the tur- as like over the course of the tournament. Like, you can totally make a new friend that way, and just like see how they're doing, and then then they're asking you, and you can talk about your games. It's just like a really good icebreaker and a super easy way to make new friends because you're already interested say. in at least one thing. Yeah, um, I was say, I will say, Danny was you were at my first Warhammer tournament I went to up here. Um, that I is how we met. A game yeah. that is how we met. Wow! Now you guys started a kind of relatively large podcast wow you do not know our numbers whatsoever but thank <laughs> you, thank you so much. That to was... alaska you know what <laughs> all the most important people i know listen to mob rules so i returned i came back i left it for dead i'm not gonna lie and uh i've i've come back and it's it's real good i actually man I can we use that as just kind of like a tagline <laughs> you can use it's sort you of want. better now it's not sort of better way better you can enthusiastically better <laughs> Real quick, so like my favorite, so my first ever tournament um, that I went to uh, after getting back in because I had that you know early twenties kind of just giving it up. Mm-hmm. It was at this place at the meta game. I think this was pre ITC as well. So like I showed up, and then like there's the guy there. He has like three different like lists. He kind of looks at what everyone else is taking, and then goes and makes his list and stuff like that. I can't. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what I ran. Uh, I don't remember who I played. Um, I do remember, like, afterwards going to uh, McDonald's. And, Danny, you're going to know this story, too. Oh, God. I'm being <laughs> held up in the McDonald's drive through line. 
um, because the guy in front of us, who is a local player who still plays and is on our team, was loudly, angrily arguing with the girl over the speaker box <laughs> about how she had to butter his buns for his burger. Oh my gosh. And then instructed her to butter everyone else's buns too. And we're like, dude, what's taking the time? So this is like six or seven years ago now. But like again, I don't really remember the tournament. Like every single person I went to that uh, meal with and had that fun with, like I still am in touch with. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and here, here's the thing, right? I've got, I've got a small story as well too. Uh, uh, when I was younger in college, I, I went to magic tournaments. I, 40k wasn't on my radar back then. Uh, and one time I went to a magic tournament out here in Oceanside in San Diego, not here out in Oceanside in San Diego. It was a format I didn't normally was normally playing, but I really wanted to play Magic, so I went by myself to this tournament, and it turned into like a a PD Pop treat yourself day, right? So I went with the intent to just play Magic, and I ended up eating like In and Out by myself. And I went to the beach and just walked around, and I had like a a relaxation Saturday, right? And I, I didn't make any new friends. I, I don't hmm. remember what deck I played, uh, but I do remember going out. I'd never been to Oceanside at the time. Uh, and I just enjoyed myself. So if you are one of those people who maybe you get a little socially anxious or you, you don't play magic, <laughs> no, 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 that please don't. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, if you're one of those people who, who maybe you don't want to go and make friends, maybe for whatever reason, you just want to enjoy yourself. Uh, you can absolutely do that too. The, you remember, you're still getting out of the house. Uh, you're going to a place that you don't normally go to. Uh, you, you're, maybe at a cool little nerd store maybe you can pick up your you know significant other copy of betrayal house on the hill or or some dice or whatever and uh, just just try to remember that you're going out and you're doing something for yourself you know and so let those the universe energies flow into you namaste and treat yourself i would uh i would like to also say um that with regards to having fun at tournaments it might be important to it is not it is to go to a bigger event rather than the smaller ones to get your first taste to get that taste in your lips because I feel like those those like those local RTTs I think that's where like ninety nine percent of the like horror stories of forty k come from I feel like yes. I feel like a, I feel like a, I feel like a GT generally speaking acts as a great filter for people who just can't get their act together to like plan to go somewhere for two days you know like it's it's uh, and also like in those bigger crowds, you're just more likely to have a preponderance of good people. There might be a couple assholes there, but you know, if one guy's a dick at a ten-person tournament, well, ten percent of that tournament is a dick. Like that ratio is just not happening at you know a a, a thirty-person event, for example. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you, Val. I actually think most of the tournament drama that I've seen. Um, the the bad like the kind that leaves bad tastes in people's mouth has been at local RTTs, local GTs, or occurred there, uh, and also a few very specific choice states which I will not mention, but you you know who you are states. You there's always just hubs of drama. But anyways, why are you doing this? <laughs> I'm not. There's no no naming no names. What? Just let's okay. Let's yeehaw out of this uh, and go Look, on to the next. They can't topic. listen right now, anyway, so it's fine. It's <laughs> this is ice cold. Uh, anyways, but yes, um, that is where where the dramas kind of happen. I agree with you, Val. And you should absolutely make your first event 
a large GT. My my first event was the Las Vegas Open. <laughs> it wasn't as big as it is now. It was uh, uh more of just like a few rooms at uh, the Flamingo, I want to say. That's but amazing. it was a lot of fun. It was a few hundred people. It was the biggest tournament I've ever been to. It was literally my first competitive 40k event. Recent, recent the suits that he used to wear definitely looked like the kind of guy who was running an event at the Flamingo. At the, oh yeah, one hundred percent, absolutely. They they even had um, they even had uh uh girls like burlesque girls like walk around with forty k dice or something. I don't know. It was classy. It was a long time. Yeah, it was very classy. It was a classy venue. Tasteful, tasteful. With seventies carpet. It's a long time ago. Another decade. That's right. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. But I had a lot of fun, and uh, when I went there, I met some personalities uh, that I watched online. Not Reese and Frankie, but but other people who would went to the LVO. Who um, I you know I watched their videos and listened to their podcasts and stuff. So I met them at the LVO, um, and even though I did really badly and I ended up dropping the first day, the next day I hung out with my wife and we enjoyed Vegas and we hung out with my 40k friends after their tournament and we had a really great time. So uh yeah absolutely if you can if you can make the pilgrimage out to one of the big majors uh one of the big cons um absolutely do so i think one of the also awesome things at the at the biggest events is the uh 40k subgenre that is the 40k uh celebrity or notable person um because that is the worst term <laughs> ever invented Oh my gosh! It 40K is certainly celebrity? it is. Oh, 40k celebs are hilarious because a there's just normal people who are so confused as to why. Because like in regular life, even if you are like getting a like a hundred thousand views on your Warhammer video, you're not being recognized on the street. And like a lot of these people who you can go and talk to are completely normal people who look really stunned as to how much attention that they get. For the most part, has my, been my experience. Yep. So yep. it's been awesome. It's been awesome to actually get to meet a lot of those folks because they are really uh, just slightly more ambitious than you or I, and also probably better, you know, filming and editing stuff. And so, if you like a lot of those people and you like their work, you have a chance to meet a lot of them, and they're super friendly, and they will have a chat with you, and maybe even become your friend too. It's very so. confusing because, like, when I was playing in LVO, like, I had someone come up to my table and be like, "Oh, hey, are you John from Mob Rules?" I'm like, "Oh, yeah." He's like, oh, "I love your stuff," and I'm like, "Where's Danny?" Why? <laughs> Where's Why? Danny? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I joke because yeah, I'm Danny's plus one. Uh, that, that's how I, I got uh, on here. Um, but, but yeah, it's like it's weird because as as you said about like even like the the 40k the big names and the streamers like they're still very surprised mostly when you go up and talk to them and recognize their work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and by the way, John, I just want to be clear here. The only reason I reached out to Danny and not you is twofold. A, Danny is alphabetically <laughs> higher up on my friends list than you. And B. And rank wise as well. <laughs> B, B, he comments on uh, my Facebook my Facebook posts. OK, you I haven't even seen so much as a angry face reaction. Oh, okay. Well, well now I have to go and angry react to all you. Oh stuff. man, yeah. Be prepared, Pablo. You've just challenged him. He's going to Good. definitely cool. angry react everything <laughs> for the last five years. It'll make you the plus one, Danny. So okay, mission accomplished, John. <laughs> um, and then, as you were saying about going to big tournaments, a lot of these big tournaments have different tournaments in them. So, like yep. my first LVO, like I didn't want to do the um, the the big LVO championship because I'm like I'm nowhere near ready to do that, and I was psyched myself out out of it. So I went and did the friendly, and I had a blast at the friendly that nice. year. Yeah, absolutely. Did people agree that you were in fact friendly? 
yeah. Well, no. And so <laughs> weirdly, wow. weirdly enough, um, I had more rules disputes and issues at the friendly than I did playing at the actual championship the next I, year. I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised at that in the least. Uh, and I actually would say, don't play in the friendly, guys. Play in the actual champs. <laughs> One like, of my things is like the guy started the turn by grabbing his mom's like, oh, just to let you know, I measure from the back of my face to the front for all my movements. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's how just how I do it. I'm like, not this game. You're not running corn demon kin at me with that stuff. John, famously also, diplomatic, telling people <laughs> what rules they're going to use. <laughs> also, because you misspoke there, I imagined him measuring from the back of his face. And oh, yes. that's, that's greedy. To be that's, quite frank. That is, that's a very large movement. That's a big Pinocchioing his models up the table. Boop. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I really, I think the friendly forty k friendly at Delvio has a niche, um, and it really is for uh people who are trying to prove to everyone that they are having fun at this event. It's like your I had fun at the LVO T-shirt or stamp. So you're saying we. Oh, well, you know, you can do whatever you want. Uh, I've, <laughs> I have seen people, the friendlies, look like they're having a lot of fun. Good. So it looks like they're trying really hard to have a lot of fun. Um, so <laughs> There's you know, also, it, we've referenced Long Word. They've also got the Long Word Doubles. They've got, which is a uh, oh man, that was so much fun. Oh yeah, it was a that. really, really fun event. They've got, uh, there's also like an actual legitimate narrative event, which I really even mechanically would love to know how it works. Because I think, I think that would be neat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's. I mean, this is just the LVO, but I think um, you know certain things like Adepticon, Nova, and probably some of the larger events that are, are burgeoning across the United States and the world. Uh, internationally, even. Internationally. Right? Uh, Not are, independently, are probably, but uh, internationally. internationally. Independent of each other, internationally, together. Those codependent events. Codependent hey. <laughs> Danny, remember, if you will. Remember last year, Danny, uh, the night before the Long Wars double we signed up for when we realized the list we brought was completely illegal because we didn't read the rules packet <laughs> and we had to redo the entire thing the morning of? That's, That's amazing. amazing. Okay, so to, to recap this, put a little pretty bow on it and move on. Uh, it mm. sounds like, in general, if you want to have fun at a 40k event, I think the first mindset you should get into is it's not just about the game. It's not just about the tournament. There, take all the other outside factors into account. Um, you should definitely treat it like a fun night out, a fun weekend, uh, and go from there where you're going out with friends and also playing 40k instead of going to specifically play 40k. I, I, I would like to like open it up even more. If you like Warhammer, you're probably a person who likes people, just guessing, because you have to play Warhammer with people. Um, this has been one of the great challenges of the pandemic. Uh, Warhammer events are events, days set aside to just go play Warhammer. So if you like those things, you like people, you like Warhammer, you will like events. I almost promise you this. Yes. Um, and, and there's no, there should be zero trepidation. And also, I don't even know who we're talking to anymore. You can even get a ticket. Like before COVID-19 started, everything was selling out before, like sometimes, you know, the day things were being released. Like this, this was popping off. If it wasn't for this damn virus, we would all be famous. Heck yeah. It is, and this also comes with a PDBAB money back guarantee where if you buy a ticket for your local RTT and you don't enjoy yourself, uh, Pablo will refund your money yeah, for, for you. For, uh, that's for ITC events only. That's <laughs> A-Y-E-T-C events only, the, the pirate events. So and it'll be refunded in, into balloons. If you're running an IITC event, uh, 
after you know just turn in your uh pirate gift card uh fly your or actually sail your pirate ship on over to san diego walk it to the las vegas One long san diego. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you, you know submit your um submit your uh refund request in sea shanty form uh, and i'll get you that refund so Pablo, absolutely. you know at this point next LVO or next time I see you, I absolutely will be singing a sea shanty if at someone, you for ten dollars. You, know, you know what? If someone comes up to me with a toy pirate ship at the LVO and sings me a sea shanty about why they should be refunded for their crappy RTT, I will I will PayPal you ten dollars on the spot. You can take that to the bank. Danny, we have a video segment for next LVO. <laughs> That's one hundred percent. Uh, if anyone, I, I'm going to be out like hundreds of dollars at Delvio. I hope not. But um, so many pirate memories. I, it has to be, you know, just a sea shanty. I'm not going to be sea shantiest, good or bad. That'll be a played out meme by then. Yeah. You don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, it'll be here. It, pretty much only, you know, third rate podcast hosts will remember. So it, I shouldn't be too worried. Whoa. It's not. Whoa. It's not like there's like hundreds of those online or anything. Danny, we got upgraded. Hell yeah. <laughs> Made it to the big tab, fellas. D-list. <laughs> okay. Triple uh, A podcasting. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so uh, we talked about having fun um, at 40K tournaments, but let, let's go and walk the walk. Uh, so I just want to hear your some of your favorite 40K tournament stories. Uh, this can be just uh, about the tournament itself, a game. Uh, this can be about hanging out afterwards. But what are some moments that you look back on fondly that you'll carry with you forever where you had fun at a 40k tournament and we're gonna actually just go right down the table to Mm. val first Mm -hmm. putting you Mm -hmm. on the spot Uh, all right i'll uh let let us reckon back to uh i think it was my first lvo ever um and uh i was playing against a, a, a gentleman from uh from the united kingdom who had brought in? Uh, who had brought in? Uh, it's good American English. Uh, Gene Steeler cults, and I was playing Tau, and we deployed. Looked at the table and said, "Hey, this is seventh edition. Would you prefer to get drunk?" And then we got <laughs> drunk, and it was fantastic. <laughs> and we're friends to this day. And uh, on top of that, um, uh, just as a little addendum, I stayed at uh, at his house the night before I was to leave to have the worst tournament experience of my life. Not the tournament's fault, just me. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, it was at his house that I uh, discovered that I couldn't find my passport, which was famously located in my shoe at the time. Um, so there you go. That's a little ribbon on that story. Nice. That wasn't the LVO, though. That was that was definitely... This is later. But yeah. I'm saying that I, one oh, game that we didn't even play, we didn't even play and actually surfed his couch for an evening uh, when, when I was in London. Oh, and that, that is how we got the infinite passport in the shoe. No, we got passport that because gate. I put my passport in my shoe and forgot it was there and started okay. wearing don't keep your passport. So, so what you're saying shoes? is if you had if you even if you had never met him at all, Delvio, your passport uh, still would have ended up in his shoe somehow. Yes. No, that would have okay. happened. Okay. That would have happened. Fair. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's a, it's it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a fixed point in the timeline, it can't change. That's right. <laughs> an essential part <laughs> time space continuum yada yada uh, yeah, there's no timey-wimey shit that could change that got it okay mm-hmm. retcon it that'd be good that'd be a good retcon though i wouldn't mind uh going back for a do-over but anyway what about you guys <laughs> john <laughs> what about you john oh dang so i have a real similar one um this was like sixth edition which was just great times for everyone 
By the way, I, I just gonna I'm gonna cut you off immediately after handing the mic to you and just say Love that it. I think the reason why uh, I originally maybe wasn't the biggest fan is because of your deep sadness that was driven by sixth and seventh edition on oh the God, show. Yeah. You yes. were just you were very sad about about yes. the state of forty k, and that is no longer the case. You 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 seem to be a much happier no, person. I'm, very, I'm I'm even winning things now. It's crazy. It's amazing. Continue. But no, so. My, my so like uh, sixth edition, I was playing orcs, which I, I think led to my sadness generally oh, yes. to the state of the game at the time. <laughs> and I uh, had purchased a gargantuan squiggith because that seemed like a great, nice-looking model, and oh. it was great. And then one of my friends, we were playing a lot. I would lose horribly every time because he had warp spiders, um, which in sixth edition wounded that gargantuan squiggith on twos because uh-huh. it ended on initiative, right? So yeah, I was just I was gonna die right away, nothing to do about it. So I looked at him like, "Hey man," he's like, "Do you want to?" play this round uh, over bounce off instead of 40k and he's like what uh, so yeah we cleared the table we cleared all the scenery we set up the uh, Hasbro Brothers board game bounce off um, we used that to decide the round was this just something you had back pocket oh, you were just like alright we, we, so we had that we were like for some reason like every break we were obsessed with like bounce off and doing like horse style trick shots for bounce off so we had like a copy with us and I was like okay I looked at him like well I could set all my stuff up and we can spend 20 minutes of removing it all very quickly from the table. Or we can spend 30 minutes clearing the table um, and then 30 minutes setting it up back, uh, up again after playing Bounce Off. And we did. And Wingo uh, still won. So good times. <laughs> That's so orky. It is. Yeah, yeah. So let me just get this straight. Both of your guys' best 40K memories at a tournament were not playing 40K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, there's good game-related ones, I would, I think, probably. We'll, we'll, we'll circle around to, to any extras, but Danny... Let's throw oh, this in. <laughs> I was going to say, I can do a game-related one. It was the, the one time, and you know this, Danny, where I got to utter my single favorite thing I've ever said during 40K. I was playing, oh. like, uh, like 90... Uh, I was playing 90 Plague Bearers and, like, 27 uh, Nurgling bases. It was, like, a real real fun list. Oh, it was a man. Mimi one. That's, a good, um, but, that's a good story, actually. Yeah. But I'd moved everything up. Well, there's a couple ones from this list. The one I'm remembering here was just uh, I, I positioned everything. It was against a Blood Angels and a Militarum player. Um, and I just reached over. I leaned forward. I was like, I want to charge every single unit of your army with this unit of Paul. Oh, I played bearers. <laughs> he was like, excuse me? And I'm like, I want to charge every single unit of your army with this unit of plague bearers and i made the charge and like turn two i tied up his entire army in combat with 30 plague bearers and it was a thing of beauty brilliant (laughs) did the plague bearers all die eventually but i removed them in such a way and this was again an addition where i could be out of coherency i just couldn't move but i could still tie up your entire army by selectively removing maybe seventh wasn't the greatest addition overall Uh, um there was (laughs) Well, oh, for away. sure. It was fun. That, that was 8th edition, John. Oh, was that 8th? Oh, maybe 8th oh, wasn't man. the best edition overall. Oh, my gosh. But for sure, it was fun. <laughs> oh, all right, Danny. Get us with, with your good tournament story. Uh, all right. So my favorite tournament moment, and one of the ones that I had the most fun at, um, was uh, I was playing. It was the very end of 7th edition. Um, and we were playing our state championship here in Alaska. And uh, I drew against uh, my. Can you draw a, a more vivid picture of the state championship of Alaska? So the, 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 the air statue in the room outside. was tense, like there was an electricity that was palpable. <laughs> um, the air smelled of uh, basement and broken dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, there were uh, it was a lot of nerds in that room. 
Um, it was pretty stinky <laughs> and sticky, but the uh, <laughs> but I had just gone out and I was playing coming back from my game five. I just had uh, we, I went to go eat sushi with one of my buddies and we had uh, I had like a two sake bottle lunch. So uh, I was coming back. I was feeling pretty good. Um, I wasn't in it to win it at that point, but I was uh, like, I think I was three and one. So I could get like a four and one record, which I was pretty happy, which I'd be pretty happy with. And so I, d- I started deploying against my uh, my perennial Blood Angels opponent, John Miller. And uh, uh, we've known each other for a long time. So it was going to be a fun game pretty much any which way you slice it, right? Uh, so we start off with some, sh- some shenanigans, um, with the rules, right? Was able to deploy a rhino on the roof of a single story building that didn't have a bottom floor. Cause that was the bottom floor of the ruins. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. And I was going to jump it off of the, off of the building onto an objective on the first turn with the scout move. So that Bold was pretty cool. Hazard. Uh, yeah. As, as you do in seventh edition. <laughs> Perfectly uh, balanced. <laughs> so my opponent's playing blood angels and gray knights. So he first first psychic phase he goes to do uh uh like he he goes to do some psychic power and he perils of the warped and in that um if you if you rolled a really bad result uh there was like a chart for perils you could roll one and then you have to make a leadership test or die um so naturally he rolls he 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 uh he fails he gets the one that's the bad one then fails the leadership check on a dread knight grandmaster like dies instantly um, then he goes to his librarian next um, to cast his next power. Also, Perils of the Warp. Also, a one. Also, a failure and an explosion that kills the entire Grey Knight Terminator squad that he had just like, <laughs> wait, uh, deep wait, struck is, down the, is this 2017? Is this Battlezone Urza? No, no, it was uh, the Alaska. It was the state championships. Okay, okay. No. I remember hearing the story in person. <laughs> it's a famous story naturally Pablo, by the Pablo second made one a journey up there yeah 2017 that. amazing sorry <laughs> naturally by the second by the second uh miss or the second not miscast perils um i am running around the room yelling with my hands in the air like <laughs> it, like like because that just like lost him the game so i come back to the table <laughs> i'm very face. excited and i tell him like hey dude like let's just count that as him failing he takes some wounds or whatever like i don't want you to like lose the game because of some stupid dice roll. Like, let's make this an actual contest. And then we played the rest of the game. It was super fun. Um, I ended up winning that one anyway. But man, it was a, it, it made the game so much better. And it was good to go into a game with like some good expectations. Like, hey, I'm not in this to win like the whole tournament. I'm here to have fun. Like, I don't need to crush my opponent that badly, like just to have a good time. And so me having a good time in that moment and like that being such a memorable 40K moment for me, my opponent's awful, awful luck. Um, like really made the whole tournament and uh, was one of the most memorable games I've ever played in my life. Yeah. And that is really important too. I'm glad you alluded to that, Danny, because um, getting the most out of a game, whether you're, you know, losing due to luck or you're winning due to luck uh, and trying to find those fun, happy moments and just be silly and enjoy the game is definitely a skill that uh, you should have, or you should try and develop uh, because there are going to be games where you just, something absolutely ridiculous happens and you just, you have to laugh. You either laugh or you cry. Right. And so um, th- that's, that's great. I, l- I really like that story. Um, also fuck green Knight, massive green Knight paladin <laughs> squads. Seventh edition, the Drago stars and whatnot. Yeah. I have uh, uh, I have a index eighth edition story, which I don't know. I may have said on a podcast. I, damn it. I said it on this podcast. What am I saying? It was a, literally a story from the first time I was ever on the show. 
Ooh. Uh, so before we get into that... Never mind. <laughs> I, I have a story, but before that... I just want to plug our network daddy real quick, frontlinegaming.org. Oh That's my. right. I gotcha with an oh ad in the middle of it, the episode. Head on over to frontlinegaming.org, buy stuff. It keeps the lights on of the podcast. It helps fund the Frontline Gaming Network and the cool content that you cool cats and ladies listen to every week consistently. So buy stuff, buy the new events, FLG events pass, save money on your future tournaments and all that good stuff. All right, Val. Let's hear. Let's rehear this eighth edition index story. Well, I mean, uh, there's already been one mention of a gargantuan squiggith, uh, but a gentleman's unit. A gentleman's unit. But there was peaches? a shining. There, there was a moment in time where I think it was actually a legitimate pick, uh, and this would have been index uh, eighth edition, and it was my first war zone Atlanta, uh, which I breathlessly recapped on this very show because Pablo was desperate to talk to somebody. <laughs> and uh, and I uh, I had obviously. gone at this point I was one I was the final round I was on one loss which I had suffered the previous uh, round against uh, Mike Twitchell who was one of the best players there so I didn't feel too bad he was running the remember endless zombies guys remember that mm, uh, wow. classic wow uh, definitely thought myself right out of my pants in that matchup uh, got completely destroyed and who do i find waiting for me in the final round but none other none other than the recently minted best general himself adam abramowitz and his at the time running like a gilliman plus astra militarum type thing with like a couple storm ravens it was early eighth edition anyway uh so i line up my gargantuan squiggith and i've thought to myself i need to play this cagey i gotta be cool about this i get on the line and it was pointy uh uh dawn of war and i'm like <laughs> I'm going for it. So I moved 10, uh, moved the full, I think I think a squiggle goes 10 inches. I moved the full 10 inches, and then I needed a 10-inch charge to uh, to get there, to, to get into um, base contact with the guy in front of Gilliman. And so I rolled a 5 and a 1, re-rolled the 1 uh, to a 5, got the 10, and then I swung in uh, on my pylon move to get uh, one of my very long tusks Within, uh, within an inch of Gilliman's base. This is all in the first turn. Uh, I then uh, proceed to uh, roll my eight attacks. Uh, I kill, I hit, um, uh, I don't know. I think I wounded him four times, I want to say. And he, of course, has a three plus, he has a three up invulnerable, of which he fails three. Uh, he rerolls one, fails it. I deal 14 wounds to Gilliman immediately. Uh, and then he, uh, he failed to get back up on his four up that he rerolled. And then, uh, and then did not get back up. So I killed Gilliman with a gargantuan squiggith missile, just completely gutted him, and uh, went on to win that game. I asked a friend once what the odds of all of that happening, and he said he calculated at about four percent chance that that sequence of events could possibly happen. My favorite thing about that is just imagining, like, on the battlefield narratively, just Gilliman standing doing this inspirational speech to his troops until he just gets, like, hit by this bus with Squiggith out of nowhere. Like Samuel like Samuel Jackson style. <laughs> In great way. Yeah. <laughs> it was a Leroy, Lucy. full Leroy Jack, Jack, uh, Jenkins type moment. And um, also the only time maybe in any example of me playing 40K where doing something dumb like that actually panned out. And I've been telling the story now for years, so maybe it is worth doing the really stupid low chance of happening move just so that you have it. Yeah, especially in a situation like that where you've already lost, you're you're up against the Adam Abramowicz, and uh, you've got old peaches at your side. Oh baby, um, and uh, you're just there to have a good time. You've also probably 
all of your opponents are drunk off of Canadian maple syrup. This is well. day two. The other thing that is unfortunate about this is we're talking about a severely depleted Adam Abramowitz here. He was, he was not. He was. He, this was early in his best general uh, journey before he had uh, embraced uh, treating his body well. Uh, he had treated himself tremendously poorly the previous day, um, so he was. You know, he, there was probably two of me at the table with him, um, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he didn't feel great, and then and then he probably felt a lot worse. But then he he like he he played the whole game out. We actually had a wonderful time. It was I think my first like real in person interaction with him. We somehow had a, had a had a good one. I forced him to take a bottle of maple syrup from me, uh, and um, pretty much bullied him into voting for me for uh, for favorite opponent, uh, which I still feel pretty bad about to this day. <laughs> but you did win. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think you deserved it, Val. So don't worry about it. Just, I just des- I deserve some bad karma. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> that's tomorrow, uh, Val's problem. <laughs> it was, and and uh, it was that that so was reaped. So, um, uh, in terms of stories, I, they're actually I've I've told a lot of stories um on this podcast about uh, 40k events. A lot a lot of them I'd like to think they were pretty fun. Um, I try not I try to keep the boring stories off of the podcast and I save the good ones for the podcast. But um, here's one that I have not said on the podcast yet. Uh, so this is a brand new one, brand new. You want to save story. this for Patreon? Are you sure you want to do this? Oh yeah, it's fine. It's no big deal. Um, but uh, my first 40 K tournament, the LVO, I had just met uh, my favorite uh, YouTuber um, at the time, uh, mini wargaming J from mini wargaming. If you remember Jay, he also uh, does uh, Mini Wargamer J, I think that was his YouTube channel. Um, he does like paint tutorials, videos, stuff. He's a really cool guy. Very, very interesting and weird and uh, fun. Really, really nice guy. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, I met he and his wife at the Las Vegas Open uh, and it just, just had a really good time. So it was super high. And I remember he said something to me. Uh, he told me, because I had brought a Centurion Star list, and he was like, oh, well, I hope you play Orcs. And I was like... I hope I play orcs too, because I, I like whying. I, I like being really loud. Um, my first two events, I didn't play orcs. My first game, I played John Paul, John Paul Moet, uh, JP, who uh, at the time won best Eldar and best Chaos Demons in the year in the ITC year. And then I think the next year he won like best Chaos and best Eldar again or something. It was um, he's a really good player. Smoked me with a heinous Tyranid Hive Tyrant list with a. Uh, with chaos demon so it was like a screamer star tyrant and hive tyrant list because sixth edition sucked back then second second game i played a really nice dark eldar player and then my third game i pulled an orc player and the first thing i said to him when i saw him pull out his massive green tide was at the time you could run a formation called the green tide and it was literally one unit of hundreds of orcs uh and that was it i was like this is amazing i'm have so much fun playing this guy i was I like think oh it was 800 you... orcs it was like 100 it was a lot it, it more orcs than i'd ever seen uh ever uh, at the time because i just started playing 40k so i looked at him and i was like oh are you going to wa for me and he's like i don't wa super deadpan and i was like wait like like an orc player not wawing? i just heard like five waws that day and i was like oh okay well let's go and roll up and he's like oh so i just want to let you know i've got a void shield generator <laughs> and um, you can't shoot any of my my boys uh, unless you break through this void shield generator. And if you don't remember sixth edition void shield generators, they suck. You could you could have one boy towed into a void shield generator, and all of them would be within the void shield generator, and you couldn't shoot them until you cracked the like three 
whole armor 12 it, it was bad right and he was like yeah it's stupid i know he was just he was very serious and upfront about everything and then as soon as we started playing it was like a flip switched he was really happy and he was just literally moving his models like pushing them forward um like poker chip style like going all in he was like eh, was that five inches and i was like i think so and he was like ah, you can push him back if you want if i go too far forward and i was like okay and i just started like randomly prodding orcs back and it, it was a really fun time and it was a relic mission and it and the game ended up being uh drago with the relic surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of or, or you know 50 orcs or whatever taking all these shots like with invisibility on uh and then afterwards because i lost um i was like man this is my first tournament he was like you know what i'm sorry do you do you want the win and i was like what because he just like creamed me and i was like like no no you take the win he's like you know what the winning's not important young pd pop grasshopper the fun is and i was like oh shit i think i'm gonna go hang out with my wife and he's like you know what you go do that so after that i went immediately to recent frankie dropped from the event and then went to go hang out with my wife the rest of the weekend uh, at the LVO. And so it was, that was it. Nice. That's why I love Orc players. That's why This is why I pick Orcs to win the top eight at the LVO every year. Because I hope one day it's that guy. Because you never play in a tournament ever again and just assume that was the best army? <laughs> no. No, I definitely knew that wasn't the best army. Um, but he But he was just, he was like my introduction to what a nice 40k tournament player should be. Right, like the Dark Eldar player, he he was nice, but he wasn't. He he was playing Dark Eldar, you know. He was already having a lot of issues because Dark Eldar sucked back then. So the I just remember him like beating the crap out of me, and then just having like a great time the entire time. It was just like killing orcs the whole time. It was very themey. Um, and then afterwards, he was just like, "Yeah, you know, like this is all about fun. Like I don't, you can win if you want. I don't care. I'm just here to have a good time." And I was like, "This this is fucking amazing." I mean, he did bring a void chill generator. And a green tideless. So like, uh, <laughs> but points. again, when you're at a tournament, part of the fun is just it's trying hard. It doesn't mean that you have to like humiliate people, but like, with the point, you're you're trying to to win the game, and that's what a don't lot of people. Don't be a jerk want. about it. Yeah, just don't be a dick about it. Yeah, he he absolutely was not. But yep that 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 was kind of like my first end to a tournament. The last the last tournament game I played before I turned into like a 40k tournament player and went to a lot more events. So it was very nice. Danny, yeah. That reminds me of my one of my favorite memories of you at a tournament. Uh -oh. It was a team tournament. And it was you and I think you were playing with uh, Riddle that day. And it was like dual orcs. Oh, no. It was um, you and Ethan, I think. But it was like a uh, team tournament, two orcs. And they were just having a really bad game. It wasn't a fun game for either side. And then they were going to do like a charge. And like there was a three-minute discussion about whether they should wah or not. <laughs> and they eventually was like, no, we're not, we're not going to. <laughs> and it was like the saddest, most depressing conversation <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> but it was also amazing. That is something orcs, orcs would do in, in real warm or 40k lore too. Just like, should we wah? Uh, no, I'm not really feeling I'm the really bank. we just charge. I'm going to waffle on this, yeah. <laughs> This is a sad little grot who's like holding up a wall banner, just like going away, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I prepared for this. <laughs> but why uh, did I bring this megaphone then? Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, forty tournaments are a blast. Um, what are what are some uh, actual in-game fun things that have happened to you guys at forty tournaments that you don't think would have happened unless you were at a forty tournament? Right. There's there's like there's games where you play and 
you know, you're shooting the shit with your buds at like, you know, someone's house or something. And there's fun moments there, certainly. Uh, But there are moments at 40k tournaments that that don't happen anywhere else. Right. Like um, playing in to like get into the top eight or um, uh, uh, hearing um, someone like basically just dig on uh, another player who made the top eight because of a rolling they did just nonstop. Um, I can't, I, I have a very specific memory of mine and I can't name anyone in that story. It's really funny. But basically, there are, are moments at 40k tournaments uh, when you're playing that only happen at 40k tournaments. Are there any stories that you guys have about those specifically? Wah. Yes. Wah. Yeah. Bueller. Um, <laughs> I will say, I mean, it's super reassuring. Um, so, like, obviously, Danny is a regular opponent of mine. Uh, Danny is a, a much higher skill level than me at this game. Uh, so that gives me a skewed view of my skill level at this game. And if it wasn't for 40k tournaments, um, I would have like a much different view of how I was as a player. Um, whereas like when I'm actually starting to play now and it's not just against Danny's stupid Silent King list, now that I'm bitter, but it should die. <laughs> <laughs> like seeing kind of seeing my practice games pay off, like is, is something like super cool or, or doing weird little tricksy stuff. Um, and like actually getting like earning something from that, right? Because in practice games, cool, you know, you're getting better at the game, but you know, if you eke out a victory from that, it's just, it's nice to see everything come together. Um, and that only happens at a tournament. Turn in, again, a mountain out of poop. Yeah. I, I'd have to second that. Like getting on, like I've, I've, had, a, I've had a handful of 3-0 and starts, which is like way past where I should be uh, coming into day two. Um, and, uh, I've even had a, a little, even had a little peek at, at a top table a couple times. Um, never actually made it there, but you know, those are really awesome moments to be in. And I can actually vividly remember every loss, every, every and one that I've, <laughs> I've had, um, you know, pretty, pretty clearly like they, they do leave an impression on you cause you do, I mean, it's just a Warhammer tournament, but it's cool to set a personal best. It's, 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 it's a lot of fun because, you know, again, we try hard at this. And um, everyone there is also trying hard, hopefully in an appropriate way. In fact, I, I really hate that we still qualify it. Assume you're going to have a good time because I, I, I have yet to really have a bad one except for the ETC, but that was my fault. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think uh, yeah, those, those little moments where, you know, you're, you're, you're on the cusp of personal glory or you've, you rally back real hard. I went, uh, I went, I went uh, 0-2. At one of the LVOs I attended, wound up four and two. Um, that was um, that was a, a pretty miserable climb out of the pits of despair. But I got there. We call that submarining where I'm from. <laughs> it's submarining, but like I mean, my first game was uh, unbeknownst to me. See, I roll up to the table and I'm like, "Look at this scrub. He's got a bunch of tyrannid warriors." Uh, uh, it was uh, Mr. McDougal, of oh. course, uh, from uh, <laughs> from British Columbia. Yeah. Who I later uh, rapidly uh, came to find out uh, was uh, very, very good at Warhammer, and those uh, those those those, uh, those tiered warriors were there very much on purpose and uh, destroyed me um, because I um, well made a bunch of dumb moves. My ne- the game after that, I wound up against Death Guard, and what felt like uh, I don't know a guy who was there with his whole family. It was it, it was one of the stranger games I've ever had, but like. His brother was at the table checking my rules, and I swear, like, his mom was in a lawn chair somewhere behind him as well. (laughs) 
and so the clampets of 40k is that it what was you're it, it was <laughs> yes. uh, the, that's great uh, it was uh it was interesting um nonetheless uh and i lost that game too and like i this is a year this was a year of my my great victory at warzone atlanta by default and so i was like i came into that day like legitimately like, in my head like i'm gonna be like top orcs this year like if i just like don't blow it which i immediately did so i was like <laughs> i was i was kind of you know super bummed but i was able to dig out of that so like having that sort of emotional highs those emotional highs and lows also is great because you know you teach teach yourself a little bit about hanging in there you know overcoming adversity etc yada yada yeah the you know, john cena strategy sticking it out is a big deal right like making sure that you like if that's your goal, uh, like, so Pablo mentioned before, like, like dropping out of an event and that's not something I would ever think about doing. I think, uh, just because like, I'm there to, we play said games. we couldn't use the P word. What's that? We said we couldn't use the P word. The P, you use the P word. Oh, well, no. you get one use of the P word. <laughs> I use the I, P word. No. <laughs> I, I don't even know if we all think you're thinking of the same word. I'm, I'm thinking that's of not the word. P word I was thinking of. <laughs> I'm thinking of the the Disney PG-13 P word, the non-Disney PG-13. Anyways, uh, continue, Danny. <laughs> He's a real pretty kitty. Sorry. Um. Anyway. Uh. So. Uh. Like. I. I just don't. I don't think that would be something that I would do. Like because that doesn't meet my expectation of what I'm going to the event for. Right. Like for me, getting the fun out of it is getting to play all these games and play all these different people. Mm -hmm. um like even if i'm playing on the bottom tables if i'm playing against fun people and i met so many cool people like through this hobby that i don't want to miss out on all, the, on all those tournament games like those tournament games have been uh so cool for me to meet people from all around the united states or even all around the world um and get to play some get to play some hammer with them you know so I want I want to talk to this point. I'm glad you brought it up, Danny, because I, I've noticed something very interesting about this community compared to other communities that I've been in, right? And that's the idea of dropping out, right? So in in Magic, right? You if you drop out, that's that's like a standard thing. Like if you stick it out, go zero and twelve, you're you're a weirdo, right? For wasting your time. Like there's you could be at another event, you could be getting your card signed at you know Artist Alley. There's there's so much more that you could be doing with your time. Why are you playing for O and twelve? Uh, in forty k, it's it's op it's almost the opposite. It's almost like insulting to drop out. Like if you drop, there are tos who will literally, you know, ban you from their events for dropping from the event from you know day two. Um, and 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 I know this for a fact because I've I've seen it recently. Uh, tos who said that they would absolutely do that and. It's just, it's really, really interesting to me because I, I see the merits for both for having fun, but ultimately when I go to an event, I want to decide what's the most fun for me and just, I'm just, I'm just going to have fun, right? So when I drop from an event, like for instance, when I dropped from Adepticon after the old Mally incident, game one, old Mally happened. I realized I was never going to have a better tournament experience that whole tournament than that one game. It was just so funny. I already had my podcast story to tell for the next episode of Chapter Tactics. I'm going to go, I'm an Adepticon. I'm going to go play X-Wing. I'm going to go uh, play at the first Warhammer Underworlds Grand Tournament with the guys who literally created the game. Uh, you know, I'm going to go enjoy Adepticon. I'm going to go meet some of my favorite content creators. And I did. not had a really good time. Uh, same thing with my first LVO. I dropped with the intent to have fun. And I think that's, I think that's where... Um, you should make that decision. You shouldn't drop out of spite 
um, you know, because you, you're not having fun. You should drop with the intent to have fun. Uh, you, every time I have dropped at events, I've dropped because I wanted to do something else, do something fun. But I never left the venue. I always hung around. Sometimes I heckled my other friends who decided to keep playing at the bottom tables. Heckling is, you know, really fun. Uh, you know, here's another thing, too. Eating is really fun. And if you drop from an event, you you get to, like, leave early and eat Yummy food, or (laughs) you get to go to first in line of the chilies. You you know what you get to do? You get to reserve a table for your buddies at the chilies so that when they get there, all they have to do is drop your name like you're some sort of Z list celebrity. That's how you go from zero to hero, buddy. Exactly. Uh, So I I understand the merits and the fun and sticking around and playing, you know, tournaments. Like, uh, for instance, if I had at Battlezone Ursa not stuck around. Actually, no, I, I ended up going undefeated at Battlezone Ursa, but except for playing Rob in the finals. But if I had <laughs> lost, I wouldn't Wait, have been able to Did you say that you went undefeated except for the game that you lost? Yes, except yes. <laughs> it, it, it meant more, it, it made sense in my head because I went undefeated day one, which is the time I would have conceivably dropped. Got it. But... That's besides the point. Uh, so when I'm out at a small, like, you know, when I travel to a place that I've never really been before, that's a smaller GT or um, RTT, um, I, I try not to drop just because I am there to, like, the meet people and rub elbows and and I'm there just for, you know, the 40K tournament, right? Like, I'm not I'm not going to go to, like, I'm not going to badmouth any venues. But basically, sometimes at those venues, when you go there, there isn't much else to do but play Warmer 40K. So you definitely shouldn't, you definitely should weigh dropping from those events a little higher than dropping from like an LVO or a SoCal Open or Adepticon. Well, but like, I, I just I, don't I, understand the stigmas, but basically what no, I'm going to say. Well, there's a couple to, of just... reasons for that, Pablo. And first of all, I just like to point out, like, I'm not attacking you for dropping specifically. Like, I'm just saying like for my fun, that's what I would do. And I totally get why you would do it. Like, that makes a lot of sense. I think it in this community. I think it probably stems amount like uh with the amount of prep time that you have to do to actually take yes. a tournament and a, to, like a like a an army to a tournament. Like you want to get full value out of like your experience. So I think that's probably what that uh that and like having there being a propensity for this for this game to have smaller tournaments. So like if there's an eight person tournament and someone drops and someone has to get a buy. Like that's a real feels bad. And I know that that's definitely happened to me before in local events. And it's kind of a sucky feeling to go to an event and like not get to play one of your games because somebody just decided they wanted to stop playing like on that one day tournament. Yeah. And Um, and I agree with you. And and to add on to what you're saying, because I've I've put a lot of thought into this subject in particular. Um, Also, there are less 40K games played, period, than there are like Magic the Gathering games or like video get like league of legends games and stuff right so like the average 40k player plays as many games in a year as like the average magic player does in like a week right because it, it, magic games are so fast and, and it, there's there's so you can play them so much and it's so accessible whereas 40k tournaments you could play a 40k game once a day every day for a year and play less than what like a call of duty player could like rank up in like a weekend right it's it's just there are just less 40k games so there's a ton of reasons why that that stigma or or why why they're different in terms of those mindsets i just wish there wasn't the like negative stigma attached to it oh sure for either either there shouldn't 
Yeah. Like, just to add in there, um, like it's it's the most memed phrase I think Games Workshop's ever done. But forge your narrative, man. Like <laughs> yeah. if you're happy sticking around and losing three times, but you're getting the games, great. If you want to drop round one and see the beautiful sights that Anchorage, Alaska has to offer, great. By the way, there's no do that in Anchorage, Alaska. Like you got you got to put your your what makes you happy, yes. right? And then like what are you gonna do? So if you want to pay fifteen dollars to enter into an RTT and only play one round. Awesome. Great. You still entered the prize pool. You had your one game. Uh, if that's what you needed out of it, great job. You know, I, I've literally never heard of someone being so upset about a drop that they would ban someone. Again, weird. That is that is a hot take, and F that dude. There's some like, underlying issues probably yeah, where they're like, like, good, we can finally ban this guy because he dropped once in round if three. If you are listening to this and you are like, I do not want to be forced to play five games, I'm never going to a GT, that person probably exists in a corner of the world you don't want to go to anyway. So don't worry about it. If you, if you aren't having a great time playing your 40K games, don't be an asshole and vanish. That's a dick move. But tell the TO, hey, I can't play the next round. I'm sick of this, or I found something else I'd rather do. And then he can be like, "Cool, no problem. I'm a adult and uh, able to, you know, think on my feet here. I'll survive. You can come back next year." I think, I think that is more likely what's going to happen if you go to drop from an event yes. for whatever reason. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. If you need to drop, drop. And if you want to go do other fun stuff, go do other fun stuff. Um, it's, it's. Uh, I think the reason why, like you guys covered, is is uh, as was said, which is, you know, 40k games takes a lot to even get to the table. You know, like so. Uh, if once you're there, you you probably want to play. All right. Now we're getting coming on to the end of the show. That includes the patron questions. However. If you're interested in hearing more from Danny and John, also if you're interested in getting coached by Danny, because I and and I, I say this, what? I think with the most accuracy, he's probably the best player on the podcast right now. Yeah, most well, to definitely. Be fair, John did beat me at a tournament yesterday. <laughs> he, so. I, I am one and zero against Danny, and I can confidently say he's better than me. <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm taking my one win and, and running with it. But uh, Danny and John, where can they find you guys? Oh, um, around. No, uh, <laughs> if you look for uh, Mob Rules uh, podcast, uh, we release every two weeks. Uh, we just had our last episode come out last Saturday morning uh, with uh, JT McDowell talking about his Las Vegas Nopin uh, runner-up Dark Elder list like, yeah. and some story. kind of like some really great list building theory and tips for a ninth edition. Nice. Yep. And you can find us where like uh, you can find us also. Uh, we're a member of the Rogue Trader Network. Of podcasts, so uh, we kind of team up with a bunch of other with a bunch of other podcasts to kind of have uh, some rotating content there. So uh, like us, Dangly Boys, High Lords of Terra, um, and also the NZ Forty K or Forty Cabal as well. Right on. And then Danny, Wait, so you do with, coaching with services. With that network, too. is there like a is there like a page somewhere for it? Do we have a page for I it? I mean. <laughs> Uh, no, no, that would be effort. We mainly just forget <laughs> to mention them uh, most episodes. Uh, I heard, I, and we have a sassy group chat. I, yeah, we do. Uh, which I, I, I'm aware that it exists. In fact, I could have even probably named all the podcasts in said network, but I've never seen any sort of real world manifestation of it. Sort of like the Inquisition. You know, it's there, but uh, you never see oh, it. There used to be like the West Coast Podcasting Network. That used to be a thing. Oh, yeah, that was definitely a thing. Now there's no. just Frontline Gaming Network, but uh, neither here nor there. The Disney of 40K. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right. Uh, now, um, <laughs> I already plugged the Patreon. However, if you want to ask us questions that we answer live on the air, head on over to Patreon and support the podcast. So the first patron comes from patron Kelsey, and he wants to know, how do you keep a good mindset and have fun when you're exhausted at or near the end of a tournament? Good question. Man, you know what? Take a minute. Like, that's what, if I ever find myself, like, getting really frustrated about the game I'm playing, um, it's totally okay for you just to ask your opponent for a second if you, you're using time clocks. Use your own time, of course. But, like, just give yourself a second and remind yourself why you're there, what you're doing, and why you're doing this. And that should, that always cheers me up. And if it doesn't, then you should probably, you should probably stop playing because you don't want to have, like, you don't want to give your opponent that terrible time if you're not having, like, any fun with the game or it's, or it's, like, too rough for you to continue i would say the, the answer to this question depends on on where you are at the end of the tournament if you're 4-0 um and you, you know you're exhausted and you're tired and you want to still have fun um you should definitely take a minute and review the game you know um kind of just remember like oh you're on the final table you're 4-0 you're about to go 5-0 uh you know just like it, do like a chin up. You can do this, buddy. Play the eye of the tiger. Whatever you need to do. Um, if you're at the end of the tournament and you're you're in that mindset and you're exhausted, um, I would just like reach out to your buddies. Just like on your time or while your opponent's moving, just walk around to ask how your your buddies are doing. You know, just kind of like maybe take like a quick like two minute stroll around the venue um, on your time if need be. Get get a drink. Um, usually when I'm exhausted, what I do is I like to just sit down and look at all the pretty models around me at the tournament when I'm really tired. So I, I would just like sit down and just like half focus on the game and just vibe. That is uh, actually sage advice. Uh, most tournaments will have a chair at the table, which um, I generally ignore. Um, and then I noticed that some of the more savvy uh, around me were having a sit. And uh, I have to say that when I, especially when I'm like, tired and cranky like just sitting down like just having a good sit um is uh, is a really good way to cheer myself up because i actually if i'm being honest like some of my worst like some of the worst games i've given my opponent have been final round of the lvo like that game six day two um either on an emotional high or coming into an emotional low um <laughs> I, uh, I i definitely should have taken a sit down or gone for a cool glass of water <laughs> Um, so yeah, just be, be a little self-aware and, and take a moment. <clears throat> well, it's because every time at the, those final rounds at the LVO day two, you always have the rhino hounding you and heckling you so that you don't sit down. So next LVO, I'll just leave you alone. Well, actually, no, next year LVO, you're going to be hopefully running the Ocho. So never mind, I won't have to do that. Yeah, that's a whole other bag of hammers. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Um, uh comes from patron joe uh i normally have bla a blast at tournaments as i rarely travel for them and live in a big city so i know most of the tournament players in my area but i really struggle bro i really struggle with your win at all cost complainer across the table i struggle with keeping a positive mindset when i'm paired with someone who is super negative any tips for me um i would say you can control others behavior and you can control how others react um so even though it might not be a fun experience kind of get the most out of it what you can and kind of be honest with yourself about what that game is going to be and kind of just kind of go through the motions i mean they don't happen as often anymore by far um but again it's it's not on you to make that person positive and literally nothing you're going to be able to do um is going to change anything uh, i'm okay oh, 
No, I, I think if if you see someone is uh, is visibly morose or upset, uh, much like we suggested uh, for yourself, you know, take a minute. I just try and slow the game down a little bit. Like odds, like I think that that's a. I mean, unless you're in a high stakes environment, maybe when that's what's driving the the angst, um, uh, and maybe they're a bit nervous or or what, whatever. But if it's just like sort of they've had a a rough run. Um, or, you know, they're not having a, a great time, you know, slow it down, ask them, ask them, learn their name, you know, find out, you know, something about them, offer, offer, you know, I'm going to go run and grab a drink. Would you like one? Um, just do like basic human stuff. Uh, and maybe they'll come around a little bit. And if they are miserable, yeah, well, you're, you know, you, you can, you can still have a good game, even if the other person's a bit grumpy. Um, yeah. I generally try to do all that, Val. Um, so I agree with you. I think you should absolutely try to keep positive. Um, there are there have been plenty of sour grapes that I played who just were completely immune to the PD Pop charm, and just <laughs> whether w- one thing or another, whether they just really wanted the win or uh, they just couldn't get over you know being super negative and and kind of bringing me down. Every time I've been in those situations, I've always just kind of like politely just been like, oh, okay, just acknowledged their frustrations and then just tried to stomp them as hard as possible. Oh yeah. And move on to the next game. Politely destroy them. That's just just like yeah, I'm just like justify their frustrations. Yeah, I'm just I I I really (laughs) um I, I really just basically what I do is I focus on what would make me happy in this moment, and that is usually moving on as fast as possible. Uh, and, and just not letting them affect me negatively. And the way I do that is I just, I put up a ball, put up a barrier and I, I get very logical, methodical and, and just like, what do I need, to, what do I need to do to win this game as quickly as possible to get them out of my, my fun area so I can go do something else. You don't want, you don't want to be uninvited in Pablo's fun area. That's for sure. It's, it's pretty rare, but there've definitely been players I've played that I've just, I just like, I can't play you know, loosely and politely. Like I just have to like put up walls early and just cleanly as quickly as possible, beat them and get out of the, uh, what's really funny is I usually, when I get those players, usually do really well and usually end up winning. It's, it's very rare when I meet someone like that and I don't, which is probably says more about me and my mindset than them. But anyways, they've already beat themselves. No offense. That's true. There's also uh, probably a preponderance of tired and grumpy people at the end of the day at Warhammer tournaments. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, generally, I, I find that at the end of the tournaments, people are more malleable to being, to being, you know, nicer. Like the the most intense games I've ever played, where the person just refused to just loosen up, were either a practice game, surprisingly, um, and like the first round at a tournament against someone who like for whatever reason they, they either know who I am and they're like, I wanna I wanna bag a rhino tonight, or they're like they're just like I wanna win. I'm I'm, I'm undefeated. I'm sorry, did you right say now. you want to bag a yeah, rhino like, tonight? Like <laughs> you know, I, that's the way I see it. Cause um because there are definitely I'm as a like minor Z list celebrity, there have been occasionally people I played at tournaments where I know they knew who I was and they thought I was a some competitive forty K ITC player who who was clearly the enemy as a flagship of the I, or a leader figurehead of the ITC um and so I was like the head bad guy uh and they wanted to prove I was a rules lawyer or prove I was like cheating and so I've definitely had games where I've had people just felt like they were like headhunting me like making just waiting to catch me cheating um which is not fun by the way at all you should never you should never play your opponent expecting them to cheat 
ever. Colin Sherman gave me the best advice I've ever heard anyone give me, um, which was basically when when you go into like a business meeting or or a, a meeting with someone in general, if everyone has expectations that the other person isn't out to get them, everyone has positive expectations and uh, has everyone's good intentions in mind, the meeting or whatever is going to go a lot more smoothly. If, if both people, if all parties involved, assume good intentions. So anyways, patron Tim, next question. How do you break the ice with the person across the table from you? Do you bring a beer or anything else to have a fun game? I usually tell people I'm from Alaska. That gets them every time. I just ask them where they're from and then they ask, they, you know, usually somebody asks you where you're from and then that's, that's kind of a nice icebreaker. Hmm. So. So a little redundancy from you. Got it. <laughs> Like, I think for me, it's just kind of like introducing yourself. Like, hey, I'm John. And then just point out something nice about their army. Like, oh, man, I love insert army here or great paint job on X, Y, Z. And then that way that kind of breaks the ice. And again, it's just kind of, and well, I guess a lot of us were were talking for fun here, like a lot of times of the week, but it's it's easy enough to kind of strike up that conversation and and like start a nice chill um, just by engaging them about their stuff. Oh, hey, bud, how's your tournament going, eh? Oh, yeah, it's been a tough one out there, eh? Okay, what you got up here for me? Okay, yeah, can I see your list? Oh, looks good, bud. Okay, okay, what's that guy do? Etc. That's basically the whole thing. You just, do you, just... I would love, now I need to play you at a tournament, Val, just to hear the, the Canadian Val voice again. That was gold. Just, that's, that's all you got to do. Just, just, just be a good Canadian boy, and you have a good time. Uh, yeah, I think I think definitely introducing yourself to the turn to the player. You don't. I don't think you have to go extra. Like like give them like some maple syrup or something and really earn That's their their love or pay for their love. Um, I think something as simple as a, a handshake a and a. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. But um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, patron Jake wants to know: Having only attended three tournaments in the last four plus years, how would you recommend approaching trying to get involved while knowing really no one in the scene? Ooh. Um, so I would say like, cause I infrequently attended tournaments, uh, like 2019, which was like the last tournament year, mainly cause of like my work schedule and some other things going on. Um, and really it's just kind of getting out of your comfort zone, right. And kind of making those in- introductions and connections. And there's going to be, and as we've said before, there's going to be people there who have the same interests as you. That's why you're there. And within that subgenre, there's going to be people with the same army as you. So like, just go up and talk and ask them about their army, ask them about their tactics, ask them what they're doing. And just kind of create that conversation. And you don't need to, you know, make lifelong friends. But by doing that, you're going to make enough contacts that it's not going to be uncomfortable going to these things anymore. When I was starting out, um, I, I wasn't I wasn't soloing. I did have one friend there with me, um, my Warhammer wife. Uh, he was, uh, you know, an essential travel compa- com- companion and bedmate. Um, but, um, you know, like, again... You get five games to introduce yourself, have a good time with somebody, and have a chance to, to, to make a new friend. And I think, you know, very quickly, both of us had had developed um, uh, good friendships with, with people. Because the other thing, too, about going to tournaments is, generally speaking, there's a good chunk of people who show up regularly. So you you will, if you go to more than one, you suddenly, you know, by the time you go to the second one, you know, these aren't strangers to you anymore. You've met them before. You, you, know, you know some of their names, and you can strike up conversations more easily. Um, so yeah, just, uh, just go, I'd say it would be a, a good, good first step. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think there's a couple of ways you can do this too. Like, uh, uh additionally, like you can kind of, 
you can kind of take like a BDE energy, go to an event like that you're kind of new to and just try and win. Um, I don't think that that's going to make you a ton of friends unless you're playing super, super clean and you're really, really nice. Or you can just go to local events with kind of a softer army and just try and play some people and get to know people. And that'll get you an end of the community, I think, pretty quickly because you'll make friends just by playing the game, literally. Or mm-hmm. you, you, there's a good chance that you will. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, patron Nathan wants to know, how do you shrug off when a game is really going sideways or help your opponent shrug it off? Uh, I've found throwing a couple of self-deprecating jokes, self-deprecating jerks, jokes work a little bit, but I've struggled at times with trying to remain properly seasoned instead of getting salty when things have truly gotten rough in my army. Um, I mean, my go-to is always a bro, dice games, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, there are certain points. I think... I think um, there's a really fine line here because once you've gone, once you go over into like old Mali territory where the dice are just clearly an enemy and going against you, I think those games are easier to have fun with because you just know it's just comically bad how bad your luck is or how bad their luck is. But I think where you get the most feel badsies is those close games where you know it's just strictly bad luck. Uh, you you know through strictly bad luck you lost the game. Um, and that's kind of where you get that, like, well, I played tactically perfect mentality, um, which can be really toxic and degrading towards, you know, you growing as a competitive 40k player in the long run. So I would say that if it's really bad, just definitely joke about the luck for sure should be easy. Um, but with those tight games, don't focus on the luck, focus on, uh, things that you did positively or, and things that you did negatively. So you can throw like a little, uh, like a little, like, uh, celebration party for yourself just like oh man i played movement plays turn two like really fucking well like i'm really proud of myself uh, that's awesome or or just like ah oh, shit i should have i know that luck was bad but my psychic phase was awful i should i should probably rethink how i target priority or power priority during that psychic phase like so um yeah that's tough uh and then also yeah. just um oh on you go down no, you know you're please. you're <laughs> so so polite um i was just saying uh now that's probably completely gone from my head um but kind of if you know you're gonna lose because i've been in this situation many 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 times like reframing that instead of thinking man i've lost this um tell yourself you're gonna get as many points as possible out of this game um and rephrase it that way so then you have a new objective because if you're playing a game in turn two everything's gonna like poo and everything's gone away and you can't win that can be really depressing because that's your main objective for that game wherever you reframe it and be like okay i'm going to lose but i'm going to get 45 points by this loss um then that gives you a new objective and send something new to aim for yeah sure I, I think that's great john i think that that combined with like t- just going over the things that you did right in the game and where the turning points were that if the team is going really bad to dice rolls for yourself like kind of analyzing like what could I have done differently so that those dice wouldn't have mattered um, and kind of doing some self uh, analysis there. Like I consciously try to make sure that I never blame the dice. And if I do, I try and make sure that uh, like afterwards, after I've given myself a minute, because you're probably not going to have good self analysis on the spot. It's usually takes me like probably 20 minutes after the game is over for me to go, okay, what did I do bet? What did I do poorly so that this so that this happened to me? Right, 
And uh, like that kind of post game self analysis and kind of uh, and breakdown are, are where you're really going to get a lot of really good insights into how to become a better player. Yeah, I would uh, if if I can interject. I feel like unfortunately this is one of those scenarios where I think I know what the right things to say are, but I struggle to do them in reality. Uh, it is one of one of my least proud things is just how reactive I can be <clears throat> with regards to dice rolls and how I just especially like when orcs got kind of good again. Um, the thing about orcs is they have RNG like nobody's business. So the swings are wild. And I am a pretty emotional guy, like just in the sense that I get really excited and I get really sad. and then, <laughs> Or I can get really frustrated. I'm big. Like I got big emotions. And, uh, and so I can see that being uh, a little annoying or off-putting for my opponents. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it, it's, it's one of the things I'm... I, I feel like I'm really good, like, literally, seconds after the game ends, I am fully returned to being... It's like, it's like I've, 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 I've been woken from sleepwalking sometimes, uh, but I've discovered that I just peed in the fridge. You know, like, I don't feel good about it immediately. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think, I think, really, it's not getting tied up in outcomes. So, like, not being invested in any specific role of the dice... Uh, and trying to be more invested in the game, uh, you know, generally, generally what you're trying to do, that also is going to put you in less situations where you need a dice roll to happen, where you need to make that 10-inch charge with your glorious gargantuan skiff. Um, yeah, so anyway. I, I will say that, Val, uh, as a quick aside, you are really, really good at handling your emotions and and not using them to, like, hurt people or come off as toxic. Like that's something I always really admired about you. Um, that I also am a very emotional guy, but my emotions will tend to seep out and hurt people or seep out and agitate people. Um, that, which everyone can, can definitely happen. Dark. I mean, and yeah. what I'm saying, like I, if there's a time where I have a tendency to get too frustrated for what I would hope a, a grown male of, of, of my age would get to, it's probably driven by 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 bad dice rolls in in times where I need this. You know, if I just get this one dice and then I don't get it, and mother, and I throw my hat on the ground. And, you also uh, do yeah. a really good job of removing yourself from the like situation and just like. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty over the top about it though. Like yes. I don't throw I don't throw like I'm not like a guy who throws his golf clubs in golf, but I am a guy who yells at my ball a lot. I guess that makes a difference. <laughs> if that kidding. makes any sense. Um, all right. Uh, uh, kind of um, related on this topic, um, Patron John wants to know, how do you keep humor in the game when they keep getting rules wrong? I can't answer this question, by the way. I would give a terrible answer. So you guys got to take this. I don't know, Danny. How would you do that? <laughs> you keep getting rules wrong. Your opponent just... You're looking up every rule they're saying, and it's just wrong. Um, I think you got to start with a little bit of uh, why is the rule wrong, right? Or why are they, they getting it wrong all the time? A little bit of assuming positive intent. Yeah. Um, and just being like, okay, they're not on purposely getting every rule wrong in order to get this. They obviously just haven't had enough practice games. Um, because for you to believe the other thing, that means you're believing that this person woke up, decided to pay money to come to a tournament to... Uh, purposely lie about every single rule in order to win in a room full of people who know the rules. Yeah. Why do you go which, to tournaments? I think, <laughs> which I, I don't think is going to happen. So again, it, why is the reason behind it? Just kind of assume positive intent. I mean, we've all had bad days. We've all dropped a whole bunch of stuff. 
um, just help them out. And maybe afterwards be like, hey, man, you know, this would have been a little bit smoother if you knew some more of your rules. How could I help you with that? Like, even if you don't intend to help them, they'll be like, yeah, I know I had this, this and this. And then you at least have it on their mind so they know that this is kind of like it's acceptable to turn up at a tournament and know what you're doing. Uh, I will say that in general, with these kinds of players, there are two kinds of players. And the first one is the one Danny's talking about. And there's the person who either they, they, they haven't played since sixth edition and they're jumping back into the game or, you know, they're new or maybe they just don't read their rules a lot. Um, generally, if you play those players and you are uh, someone who knows your rules and has played in 40k tournaments, you're generally going to beat this person for sure. Um, if you play, you know, like with intent and concentration and uh, you're generally are going to beat this person. They're not someone who you should worry too much about losing to. So definitely do what Danny says. The other person who can exist in tournaments and outside of 40k tournaments, um, who is the person I was thinking of when this question was asked, uh, there are different ways to handle that. Um, but generally for both people being very polite uh, and correcting their rules, don't let them get away with getting with playing incorrectly. Whether they're you know trying to pull one over your pull wool over your eyes, or um, you know they don't know, you should still try and correct them. And just most importantly, just don't lose to this person if you can help it because you will feel bad either way. Like just play a nice, clean, polite game uh, and make like sure that you help them the get dick. the rules right. Um, but just try not to. Lo- I and that, that this is more of a PD pop thought than. A general for I like, the audience. I like that a lot of your advice so far is just don't lose. Just don't don't <laughs> just lose. Don't lose. Losing isn't fun. <laughs> losing. PD pop coaching losing service. Losing is not hey, fun. That's... Quit stealing my stick. <laughs> I would say because um, I I need to answer every every Patreon question, so I'm going to continue on my streak. Um, nice. On on <laughs> on this particular one, I need to echo: do not assume malicious intent unless there's a good reason to to assume it. Um, I have played at this point, I I think at least a hundred tournament games, like in, in organized places. Maybe that's an exaggeration. It'd be fun to look it up. But nonetheless, I've had one person who I definitely know was trying to cheat me. Um, and I am an oblivious person, so there may have been a couple others, but certainly they weren't, you know, evil enough for me to have noticed. And uh, they were very polite at cheating if they were cheating me. So I think for the most part, um, it's it's honest mistakes out there. This is a super complicated game, and not everyone does it like it's their job. Um, and second of all, if you throw it on the other foot. If you are someone who's prone to make mistakes, like myself, uh, who screws up, just forgets a specific thing frequently, ask for help on it. And And, and I know... There is a place and there isn't a place for this because someone who's like suspicious of you might be like, oh, you're just trying to, you know, put it on me to remember that for you. But fuck that. Uh, just just like I, there, there was like, um, like, I don't know, like rolling ones to overheat plasma or whatever. Like uh, there was something that, that if I rolled a one when I was playing Tau, uh, Cyclic Island Blasters, I would always forget about the fact that they get hot. And I would tell people at the beginning of the game, I'm not trying to cheat you. I just moving way too fast and I don't think fast enough for this game. Uh, so if I forget, please try, try and help me remember that, you know, that specific thing. Cause I don't want to cheat. If I, if I have a mortal wound, I want to have the mortal wound. I'm not trying to pull a wool over your eyes. Um, so like I try and be, uh, as open about that. And if I do make mistakes, again, if you are someone who makes a mistake, give the benefit of the doubt to your opponent, resolve it in a way that is favorable to them. Doesn't mean you have to like, you know, 
throw yourself down the stairs or anything like that. But you know, certainly uh, correct it in a way that makes them feel good about uh, about the game and and make sure that they're not leaving that game um, feeling like they lost or or had a bad experience because you quote cheated. When certainly I would bet in most situations that's not at all what the intention was. Yeah. All right. Patron Ryan wants to know how much booze does it take to have fun at a 40k event? And then a mm. uh, related question um, that I want to talk about uh, with a patron response to that after that. But first, how much booze does it take to have fun at a 40k event? The answer is as much as you need. That's a varying scale because too much makes it unfun for a 40k sure. event. And not just for you, but for your opponent as well. It is astounding to me how many barf drunk people I've seen at 40k events. I, uh, it's a lot. It's too many. But also, it's not. It's just even one. I'm just like that is out of context to me. Like you're you're barf drunk at a toy tournament. There may have been a tournament <laughs> I was at where I was not sober and I was rolling dice for an assault and I got the assaults confused. So I started removing my models for a different assault. <laughs> um, and the guy's like what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So, like, there's definitely a scale. And, I mean, and if that's if that's part of your fun, but, again, just realizing that your games of 40K are two, uh, a two-player experience, and if you pull up for a pairing and you see you're looking over at some dude who's, like, cut in front of the bar line and taking, like, eight drinks, and he's just, like, plastered the whole time, your first thought is, I have to spend three hours with this person. <laughs> Um, which is not a good no, time. No, I will say that it, it, it does depend on the person. There's, a, there's a, someone, Tr uh, Trent Northington of the Warhawks, who um, needs a copious amount of alcohol to, to be competitive at 40K, uh, a 40K game. However, um, generally, there is a limit, and that limit is at the point when a bartender should have cut you off. But. Can I tell a really quick story? Because I have yes. a really good description of this uh, for John and I. Um, so John and I took a lunch break before we were supposed to play it at a local tournament. And so we each drank uh, a Four loco mixed with a five-hour <laughs> energy drink. Is there anything um, you drink that's not Four loco? <laughs> yeah. We oh, my God. I to forgot to pick up my Four locos for the podcast. I'm so both of our both of our um, doctors have advised us to move past <laughs> yeah. for local at this point. Oh man! <laughs> you saw the video of me drinking this thing, and he's like, "All right, dude, you need to you need to cool it." Um, you drink for loco? <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, right. <laughs> Are you trying to kill yourself? <laughs> so John and I did that in the parking lot, then came back into the to the event, and uh, we had a good thirty minute shit talk session before our game and the judge had to come up and ask us if we were doing okay but probably because <laughs> we were so aggressive towards each other <laughs> but it was one of the most fun games of 40k that i've ever played in my entire life um just because we had a good time even if we were getting even if we were because we're old getting slightly hung over by the end of the game um it was so bad yeah. <laughs> wasn't wasn't the trash talking stuff like you going to me like yeah i'm gonna like just freaking destroy you man i'm like yeah you are you're gonna remove my model so quickly hello? oh no john no john come back to us john, follow my there? voice hello hello oh, he's back wonderful no i was gonna say like the trash talking was all just uh daddy be like i'm gonna destroy you and i'm like yeah you are you <laughs> like that 
<laughs> that's hey for for Alaskan slash Canadian trash talking. That's pretty intense, man. There's a lot of your mom that's jokes in there. De- de- definitely R rating at the very least. Um, or and then as a re- <laughs> what is as a what is R rated in in Canada, Val? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He doesn't want to say it. R stands this is, for this really is a, anyone. This is a this is a friendly, clean podcast. He doesn't want to say soup to that level. It's probably like forgetting to apologize for something, or anyways, or dropping a Tim Hortons on the ground or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm a Starbucks but, man through and through. All right. <laughs> uh, patron Alex wants to add something to this. Um, he wanted tips for dealing with a gaming culture that pushes alcohol on everyone, and you're not a drinker. Um, as as uh, someone who does not drink a lot, does not partake a lot in alcohol. Um, I will say that there is definitely some pressure to drink, um, and that does incremental increase with the more people you hang out with outside of the venue who do drink. Um, tips for dealing with with that. Don't do it. I'm just, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a pretty headstrong person, so like, I'm trying to think. Like, I definitely drink beer at tournaments. I'm also like sweating my balls off, so I don't feel like I get drunk all that frequently and like and i just need to drink more water all the time uh after the event yeah you go out and people definitely will have a few but am i being naive in saying that like is our tournaments always gong shows is that a thing guys there's probably like some areas that are but like really if you don't drink i mean i'm assuming you're you're a grown-ass man just don't fall to the peer pressure of it and yeah that might be how like all the cool kids kind of connect and hang together afterwards but you don't you don't have to be a part of that. You don't have to partake in that part. You can still go to a bar without drinking. I mean, I don't eat meat, yet I went, you know, after Vegas we would go to restaurants and I would just kinda hang out and not be able to have blue ribbon chicken. <laughs> <laughs> just because like you're not like a part of that thing, just you know, good for you, one, because your liver is probably way healthier than mine ever was. And just yeah, just know your value and your worth and what you enjoy. I would say there is nothing more insufferable than drunk people when you're sober. I don't. I don't think there is a. There is no condition on this earth that is worse than that. I I love being the only sober one in a room really? of drunk people. I think it's hilarious. I think you like. It's like going to the circus. It's, okay. Okay. So maybe you know, it's, it's an acquired. It's really case. fun. <laughs> maybe it is. I I've always been um of the mindset. I don't. I don't really drink a lot. Definitely don't get drunk. Um, but uh, yeah, I've always been of the mindset of like everyone around you who's drinking they're doing their thing and they're having fun so it's a little bit of like compersion uh for those of you out there can look google that look that up but basically just happy for them you know it's just like hey here they are they're drinking they're having a great time they're not hurting you they're not you know bothering you let let them have fun you can laugh at them or laugh with them um and just have a good time so let them be fun also Everyone owns a cell phone now, so while you're sober around all of these drunk people, what a great time to just take some videos, <laughs> some pictures, and then when people are like, I don't think you made that 7-inch charge, I'm like, well, I don't think I took this video of you after the last tournament. Oh. <laughs> um, I, uh, some of my favorite 40k tournament stories are ones that I can't say on the podcast, and they do involve various members of the Frontline Gaming team getting absolutely shit-faced drunk, uh, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Like, Use those videos. Make some friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to break into the community too. Br- bring down the Black evil Man. empire by yeah. chapter tactics after dark. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, uh, patron Alex wants to know how do you keep your morale up when you're. This is the penultimate question, by the way. I know we're going a little longer. That means uh, how... the last one, right? 
Yes. How do you keep your morale up when you're five or eight games down, all losses with one to go? How do you keep your chin held high and save for that last one? I just I mean, leave, so I, I I can't answer this question. So Man, if you are if you are zero and eight, I don't know what tournament you're at because it's a nightmare. But Elvio is real desperate for numbers that <laughs> year. <laughs> you made top eight. But I mean, if you have lost eight games in a row and you only have one more to go, why are you going home? You should have left like a day ago. So like, hang in there, man. Like, why what, did you double what else could what else could happen to you in that last game? I feel this question is tailor-made for me. Um, like I said, I don't generally have the winningness record. I generally don't drop. Um, what keeps me going is I look at my next pairing, and like most of the times, oh, cool, I'm playing this guy. I haven't played this guy before, or I don't know who this person is, and that's like a new friend to me. Or even like if it's someone I already know, and then I'm at least I have two hours with this person. I'm mainly up until about middle of last year, I only ever really played at tournaments. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my chance to get my games in and, and to play and enjoy the hobby that I have these thousands of dollars of models lying around for. So I'm, I'm not going to drop because my... I'm, <laughs> I try. I'm sorry, my, my thousands of rupees. Um, no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like my enjoyment of it is, is kind of that social experience part of it. So I'm not going to drop because that's three hours where I can just play another game. So, so um, because obviously by that point you're not winning, um, but you can have fun. A key thing too to remember about tournaments is that you pare down, right? So like if you're having if you're having a bad tournament uh, from a winning wins perspective, you're playing people who are having the exact same kind of a weekend, right? So like you're also if you have gone zero and eight, you're playing some other poor soul who's gone close to zero and eight as well. So like that's gonna be someone on your level, and you're probably gonna be able to have a fun game of Warhammer. At one point, do you eight games in? At what point do you Detroit 2016 Detroit Lions it, where you just go like one game at a time, just like ah, I just have to get this one win. This game 0 and seven. This last game is my Super Bowl. If I win this, I'm a winner. Or does that record, just not happen? For the record, they they lost that Super Bowl. Um, the uh, <laughs> I don't know, guys. Um, like for me again, it's just that again, I don't, I didn't anyway before I like place it on winning or losing, right? And yeah, it was great to win. Um, and it's great to kind of do well in that and at least leave with one winning game. Uh, but at the same time, I was judging my fun at those events as just getting to play and get out of the house and meet people like Val, you know, I have a small child here too mm. now. Um, and then I have like other children that I want to get away from cause they're much older. <laughs> um, like that is, that is my time out of the house and that is my win. Um, and then it's a little different this past year, but again, it's, it's, that's my Super Bowl is just getting out and playing and actually participating in this part of the hobby and not just building and painting a 2000 point list for the one day I might get to go to a tournament. Setting, setting yourself for success, setting yourself up for success early. I see. Heck yeah. And like, and it's uh, one of, one of the games I went to, like it was the last round um, and we were both like two and three and the, he kept on kind of trying to call over a judge for like rules and fractions and, and things. I'm like, dude, I'm like, we're playing for like bottom 10% of the table. If you really just, let's just go like <laughs> it's fine. Um, so again, it's just like, just play, have fun and just get what you need out of it. All right. Uh, then finally, patron Jason wants to know, is there any strategy to dodging the orc player who always yells wah at the top of his lungs? Or is it just Russian roulette round one? <laughs> I, if you really don't like the orc player yells wah, the, what you could do, and I would never do this, but what you could do is you could just never let them get a charge off and then just 
I mean, don't any, shoot them. Any self-respecting Please. orc player who is into that sort of thing is going to be wanting pre-game. Like, I mean, <laughs> that is that's not a that's not a contextual thing. That is a so, that is a thing that they are going to do. You you could there's no... <laughs> go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you see that look in their eyes when they're about to wall, you could just concede to them on the spot. Just <laughs> There is nothing more I hate than orc was and people talking in orc voice during the game. You're a really? self-hating orc player, like, too? Is oh, this such a relief. I, is, this, is this a thing? I, I love I it when people wall. I, I hate it so much. So to the point where pre-game, I'll be like, hey, man, I, I really enjoy that. I appreciate how much you enjoy your army and your narrative. Could you not why, please? Really? Um, uh, and then if they're like, no, man, I got to why, then I just lie about having like really deadly tinnitus ear condition. <laughs> and if they why, it can really damage my hearing. Um, and that's a really solid tactic. For I, well, the next I, time I play you if at a tournament, I'm just going to have to play orcs the next time I go up to Alaska and hope I draw you. And I, I'm going to wah my brain off. Also, if you just win round one, you won't have to play orcs anymore. So hey, that's not true anymore, buddy. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> I'm just, now, with, I'm... now with the old custom stompo stomp it around. <laughs> I might just wah anyways. No, I notice I haven't been. In... Metal doesn't wah. I notice I haven't been invited out mob mob rules to talk about the custom stompa. Guys are scared. Maybe we'll have you and Seth <laughs> on, and you guys can talk about it together. Oh, that'd be. And then me and Danny won't have to do anything because it'll just be you guys circling around, like enjoying a custom mm, stompa. Who wouldn't enjoy a custom stompa? It's custom. It's made to you. It's made to order. It's like it is a medium rare stompa. Yeah. All right. That is the episode. This one went on a little longer. Sorry, uh, all you wonderful listeners. Uh, however, it was a lot of fun. John and Danny, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Is there any final thoughts you want to send out into the universe before? We conclude the episode. Yeah. Cool. Val. Thanks for having us. Did we do it? Did we have fun, guys? Did we, did we, did, did you have fun? I had fun. Yeah. I had... um, I'm going to direct people to the, the Mob Rules YouTube channel, uh, where starting next month, we're going to start a brand new video series that we're very excited for, um, which I'm going to plug here real quick. It's just called Will It Reanimate, where we bought a whole bunch of the Todd McFarlane Necron Warriors, and we're just going to destroy them in creative ways. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> in slow mo, maybe slow mo cam. Oh, you oh, know it. Gosh. Yeah, you know it. I I'm hyped. If I send you like, what if I send you like a Silent King or something, or like a Satan Nightbringer, a Nightbringer conversion? Yeah. That's that's all the rage right now with Necron players. I'll send you yep. my Nightbringer conversion. <laughs> Heck yeah, we'll blow it up and we'll film it for free content. Nice. <laughs> I think I think one of the most all-time viewed uh, videos ever is that that dork burning his army when uh, oh my gosh when Warhammer ended. Age so of maybe Sigmar? you're onto something, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, his fantasy army. Oh man! <laughs> finally, films. finally, Val, do you have anything you want to plug before we take off? Ah, uh, just that uh, me and the Falcon are still uh, you know lurking around various corners of the internet, having a good time. Uh, we do appear uh, weekly. On, on Tuesdays on the Honest Wargamer, uh, the 4DK adjacent show. It's a good old romp that occasionally has something to do with 40K. We've been doing it as a, sort of a pandemic pastime. It is one of my favorite shows to ever participate in. And uh, I don't I don't think we many people listen to it. So if you want to, check it out. It's on the Honest Wargamer's feed. Right on. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. You are all, of course, the best listeners in the world. And as always, have a good one.
And then Val, you need to turn it off. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. On it. I am the captain now. 